Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. On June 20th. Come with us to Miami. It's not my scene. Music will bring two strangers together. Hey, they go from the beach. And nothing can come between them. I'm going to ask her out again. Except all their friends. So what does this all need to do to get you? There are a million hot girls here, and you're still talking about the one girl who blew you off. Kelly Clarkson. Oh, I should take a chance. Justin Guarini. Next girl is special. In the musical event of the summer. From Justin to Kelly. Rated PG. June 20th only in theaters. Hello everyone and welcome to the Patreon Zone. I'm Tim Bat and I'm currently in Power Stance. Hello, I'm Guy Montgomery. I am actually uh, <laughs> I'm lying on my side, uh, sort of like Kate Winslet's Rose in the Titanic, as drawn by <laughs> yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, Do you feel and like truly, you're I'm presenting yourself to me a little bit. I'm only in my uh, I'm only in my togs or my swimmers, as they're known elsewhere. I actually played a game of basketball against my housemate Ken this morning, a little one-on-one, and uh, both of us have absolutely destroyed our backs. Um, oh no! Which means that uh, we're both—it's—it's it's pretty funny. Like it's sort of—it's just you know, using uh, body parts and muscles that have long been neglected in ways that they don't remember or aren't familiar with. So there's an immediate aftermath, which is pure agony. Uh, but I'm not too worried about it. I had a great morning out there and have had a hell of a day. And do you want to hear why, Tim? Why? Well, um, the movie that was chosen for us this week, I'm not sure by who or whom. Uh, by many. By, by the many. Was by, the de- by the demo. Is from it the Latin? Yeah. From Justin to Kelly. Uh, 2003... Musical rom-com starring the winner and runner-up of the first season of American Idol, Kelly Clarkson, who's gone on to superstardom, and Justin Guarini. Guarini. I don't know how to say that name. My ignorance is showing. Tim? Yeah. You've watched this movie? I have. I just finished it. Oh, good morning to you. How'd you find it? I loved it. I had such a good time watching this film and everything was stacked against me. I obtained the movie yesterday, very late last night. I was working all day. It was a Sunday, the Lord's Day, uh, but I had to do work. And then I came home and uh, tried to obtain this gem of a film, which I tell you what, do you know what everyone forgot after they got rid of all the video stores? New Zealand. They forgot about New Zealand. 
There's so many films that no one owns the rights for people in New Zealand to watch. So this is definitely one of those films that falls into that camp where it would be at the Video Easy if Video Easy existed, but it is impossible to rent or obtain by digital download anywhere. So I had to use nefarious means, which had me staying up for four hours waiting for the few people who were seeding this movie <laughs> to the internet uh, to, to share up their stack with the old Timbo. So there I was. Um, the download finished at one in the morning. Uh, I started watching the film and then I fell asleep, as is tradition, uh, drifted off about halfway through at 2 a.m. and then woke up early this morning and uh, went back to where the last bit I remembered and, and finished off the second half. Not uh, where the traditional you, where, way. Where did you make it to in the, in the film before you nodded off last night? To Alexa's big number, um, uh, oh, yeah. Wish Upon when a Star. When she's waiting for Justin to arrive at, at Pearl, the cocktail yeah. lounge. Yeah. And actually, um, the thought did occur to me this morning that this film could have an alternative title instead of From Justin to Callie. It just could be called Alexa is a Cunt. Yeah, I mean, certainly uh, she is not the most likable character contained in the film. And also, I mean, uh, it feels hard, harsh to hang too much shit on her because obviously she's an actor who did such a good job that I was genuinely irked and frustrated by her actions. I mean, as anyone reasonable would be. She is an absolute monster. Mm. Uh, but, and she threw down a pretty, pretty few pretty impressive dance moves. Probably one of the weaker voices in the film. Yeah, I'd go with that. Although I liked like, her accent. It, we should let's get a bird's eye view on this. Can you tell me what this what this movie is, guy? I'm not saying plot, but like describe the shape of this object that uh, we absorbed. It is a delightful springtime romp set in uh, at Fort Lauderdale Beach in Florida. Uh, party boy or former party boy. Justin Guarini uh, is sort of looking up to hang up his party cleats and move into the slightly more serious world of uh, genuine emotional connection. Kelly Clarkson, sceptical about travelling to spring break in Florida from Texas, uh, appears to be cast as someone who has always been sort of a solid as a rock type. Um, A square. Well, I mean, look, uh, this movie, in researching it, I see is. And on the Wikipedia page it's described as often regarded as one of the worst movies ever made I'm with Bullshit. you I had, a, I had a really good time watching it it's a very simple little story the movie knows yeah. exactly what it is like it yeah. doesn't push itself uh, it is it, like it's exactly as challenging as you know what my tiny brain can fucking handle when consuming media these days <laughs> I, yeah like, I'm with I, you man. This, why did this movie that, get such a bad rap I, I like I came into it expecting it to be really terrible. And, you know, you just, you got to take it on its merits. But fuck it, had me, man. It really had me and it held on. Well, there's, I think there's a few things in its favour here. Uh, the run of what movies we've watched for Patreon recently have been so uh, just demoralizingly <laughs> poorly built <laughs> that uh, to be honest, like anything that uh, has any semblance of like easier to follow plot. On it, to be honest, it, it feels like I've been trying to do crosswords for the last six months and then someone was like, hey, these crosswords aren't really working out for you. Here's a word find. And I've done the word find <laughs> this, and I'm just swelling is, with pride. <laughs> this is more like, a, um, I think, a colouring in page. 
in a newspaper and and there's three colors it's the american flag it's given you three colored pencils and and it said can you please complete this picture and then you do it and you put it on the fridge mum and dad are so proud it's so it's so much fun it feels like the sort of the comic sensibility some of the uh sexually implied stuff is a little bit racier but the sensibility and the presentation is sort of uh it's in the vein of like uh, those tween age Nickelodeon shows, Drake and Josh, yeah, uh, that sort of thing. And it's like it's just a real comfortable, po- possibly nostalgic spot for me. Yeah. Um, and it, uh, yeah, again, I can't get over it. it. Just doesn't. It didn't overstretch itself. It said, "This is our. This is our movie. We've pretty much got two people who want to get together, and one person who will do everything that within their power to prevent that. And then they fill out the surrounding uh, details with." Some enjoyable B and C plots, all very simple uh, love stories. Um, there are a few big laughs. Some of the musical numbers were, it'd be fair to say, atrocious, but enjoyably so. Can I say as well, just speaking to the musical nature of this film, I mean, it makes perfect sense that this film is a musical, but I had no idea what this movie was going in. And it's one of those ones where it's a musical where they they do a lot of talking, and particularly at the start of the film, you've got the opening thing is Kelly Clarkson singing her heart out, um, and then sort of the camera pulls back to reveal she's on stage in a completely empty bar save for Luke. Um, who is positively smitten. He is the hometown boy from whatever Texas town Kelly Clarkson lives in in this film. And I was like, okay, cool. So so they've, they've shoehorned in an opportunity for her to sing nice and early. I'm sure there'll be one at the end as well. But then the, the movie at various points, and only the first one was super jarring because then you're like, oh, okay, this is what we're doing. It'll just descend into song instantly. It'll be like talky, talky, talk, dialogue, and then... No, now we're singing. Now it's a song. Guess what? We're doing but, this now. I, well, that's... I, I believe I I performed as a, a chorus member in various different iterations of this type of musical. They're, 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 it's an operetta is what it is. It's oh. easily... It's an, a, a lovely easy balance between the story being told through song and through dialogue. Uh, and when I actually wrote a down... Chorus? Look, mate, I was, what was it? I was in Fagin's Gang in Oliver, uh, the story of Oliver Twist, adapted for the stage by the dastardly Andrew Lloyd Webber from Charles Dickens' original text. You better believe I was one of Joseph's brothers in Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat. Your boy Gmon also played a disciple in Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> Did my shit. best friend at the time, Oscar Enberg, play King Herod? In a Elvis sort of mock-up that uh, brought the house down night after night. Oh, yeah, he did. Um, I'm familiar with the form. I wrote down in my notebook while watching this movie. Uh, could make a good Broadway musical. <laughs> Do you think? Is it time in 2018? Is this the antidote for what ails us right now? Probably. Uh, you won't be able to get it up in time this year to celebrate its 15th birthday, but I think uh, <laughs> if you look 16. at 20, 2023 even, um, no. it's, tw- it's 20th anniversary. Sweet 16, we need something. We need a little candy floss in our lives right now uh, in these dark times. And this, can, I think can, that's why... Yeah, no, you go. I was, oh no, was going to say, can I say quickly, Kelly Clarkson is covered in stardust this entire movie. She has... X, big set of lungs, 
huge set of pipes, and she's given a few songs where she really lets rip. Um, I think the, the there was a song. One of them had real, you know, real shades of a, of a Kelly Clarkson banger. It's the um, set piece. Oh fuck, I can't remember what it is. It's the it's 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 the one. It must be the madness. Oh, so, that comes quite later on in the yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, it comes. It comes after you'd Third fallen act. asleep. So when you'd reset this morning, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That like it, the product, the music production, the sound of it sort of had uh, shades of you know uh, what would go on to be behind these hazel eyes. And since you've been gone, I mean, she's a superstar. It's so easy. To, I mean, I imagine she must have won the is. vote on American Idol in an absolute landslide. Uh, because we knew, just we knew Kelly Clarkson was good. We didn't remember that she was great because her acting abilities in this film as well very much on show. And she 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 doesn't even carry it because I actually think everyone's doing a pretty good job. I don't know why this movie's so maligned. People need to chill out. It's a good film and the format is genius. Let's get two young talents who are famous to the American public for being good at singing and custom build a musical to their their style. Do you know do you know what? This movie helped pave the way for high school musical. It's um ah. It's like it's a different version of the same thing, you know. You got a, a his and hers. This is at spring break. That's at summer camp. Uh, one is an athlete. One is a party boy. Uh, on in both turns, the the female lead is a um, a you know sort of a, a well to do or not well to do, but yeah, but yeah, I guess cast more as bookish. Um, and I I don't know. I don't know. It's you couldn't accuse it of being before its time, but maybe it just maybe the the cynicism of the success of American Idol meant that the the critics and the culture pushed back against a movie that did exactly what it set out to do. Yeah, it, um, and I think I'm used go. to seeing at the moment such complicated, layered films, and um, everyone's so deliciously clever these days that even going to kids' movies. There'll be so many like layers of complexity, which is really great. It's really satisfying and rewarding to see yeah. so much stuff in a, in a easy to swallow pill. But I mean, this movie is just like we're doing. Guys, get your keys. We're going to the beach. That's all we're doing today. We're just going to the beach. No vegetables. You don't have to bring a book. We're going to get ice creams and we're going to the beach for an hour and a half. Yeah. Uh, not even that, an hour and twenty minutes. Uh, the perfect I love length the duration for a trip to the beach. All, like I knew so soon into the movie that I was uh, in my happy place when I I can't remember the character's name, Brandon. So there's pretty much there's uh, Kelly Clarkson has got two best friends, or one who is a best friend, the other one who we've spoken about, Alexa, who turns out to be just like a, a two faced prat, really. Just She's no a good pathological at all. liar. And yes, I'm sorry uh, for using the C word, but she deserved it, folks. No, no, no. She had it coming. Uh, and then Justin has two two best friends, one of whom is a, uh, a very like well-intentioned and nice guy who's looking forward to meeting a, a woman who he's been talking to online for a year. Uh, and then like uh, Van Wilder casts off, who's just like this sort of party boy who's obsessed with the volume. Like he... 
he's he's a perfectly played meathead jock. Um, yeah. And the, the three of them have this venture during spring break. They throw the best parties. And uh, the, the, the jock guy, Van Wilder B, we'll call him, uh, he he's like an Van enterprising Milder. dude. Yeah, guy. Van Milder. Yeah, yes. yeah, I heard you. Uh, so Van Milder's always looking looking how to make money. And one of the first things we learn about them is this is going to be the best spring break ever, if only because I've got the perfect whipped cream bikini contest set up, which is... Such an amazing thing to look forward to immediately. <laughs> you talk about Chekhov's gun. Uh, and then, I mean, more excitingly still, he promises that it, it will be judged by the Pennsylvania posse. Uh, and that is another Chekhov's gun. Sadly, the second gun goes unused. They do show the whipped, whipped uh, cream bikini contest. But we Briefly. do not see it being judged. It gets derailed by an argument between Justin and Kelly. But I would have loved to find out more about the Pennsylvania Posse. They probably deserve their own spin-off movie, I think. I mean, well, who, who do you think they are? What could warrant Brandon being so excited that for his big sort of uh, statement piece this spring break, the whipped cream bikini contest, he secured the services of the much softer, sought after Pennsylvania Posse. What are they bringing the scene, to the table? The scene that has been cut from the final theatrical release of From Justin to Cali was a West Side Story showdown between the Pennsylvania Posse and Van Milder's crew. They had a falling out over some um, disputes about proceeds from a party which they co-branded and co-promoted on the beach. And uh, they thought that they both knew the split, but it turns out the other one thought they were the 65 and the other dude was the 35. So that led to all kinds of trouble and there's a huge dance-off. Um, unfortunately, the knife work uh, wasn't quite up to snuff. No one was very skilled, so... The production crew aired on the side of caution and what they ended up filming was two sets of men who were metres, visibly metres apart with very blunt pieces of metal uh, sort of jabbing it in the air and it just didn't translate to the screen, unfortunately. Tested very poorly. So we had to nix the Pennsylvania Posse's big number from the uh, from the final release. That uh, That is a shame. I'd love, I'd love if you could dig it up. Uh, in the back channels of the internet, wherever you found your your copy of this film to watch, I was surprised this wasn't on Netflix. Can I say, if I was a, if it? I worked for, if I worked for any of these video I've, on demand services, I would snap this thing up. I know I'm going to be giving it a lot of good a, press going forward. It ca- okay, so here's the thing. I don't know if this is common with a lot of movies, but when I go on Netflix, it's got. I'm pretty sure this had like a page for it. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of Amazon, actually. But I was trying to, like, rent it and, it, and it wouldn't let me. But it had it. Like, it was visible. So I just assumed that a whole bunch of these services have it and they don't let New Zealand watch it, is, it, it which is, is a very common is, occurrence. Yeah, it's on Amazon. But, I mean, I guess Amazon's eating into that Netflix, you know, that Netflix back catalogue. This one, on I him. imagine, bloody hotly contested. Few big laughs for me, Tim, which I'd love Hit to me. share with you. I'd love to see if we've got any crossover. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the first laughs that got out of me actually was uh, when, well, not first laughs, but the, the first one I wrote down was uh, when Justin, they meet in the bathroom. He's running away from all these uh, women who are trying to get free wristbands to go to the big party they're throwing later that night. And he locks himself in the bathroom. Who should be there but the woman who's, who caught his eye at the beach, Kelly Clarkson. Mm-hmm. And uh, they talk to each other and uh, he 
she he's she says there's a secret exit in every bathroom uh he says my hair wouldn't fit through that she says i'm from texas i've seen bigger which is sort of meant to be innuendo it's a dick uh, joke but, yeah but uh, relative to the size of his hair which didn't make perfect sense but i didn't mind that and then he she gives him a boost up and sort of uh helps him on his way out the window and he she says you're right and he said yeah luckily my body broke my fall that was Good the moment line. i was like this is this is my level this is <laughs> this is where i'm this at this is where i'm at <laughs> yeah yeah uh yeah i mean it, it, i'll just open by saying that i didn't laugh out loud at any moments but that was as much um for fear of waking up my darling wife as as any anything else but i was certainly laughing on the inside at that line i recognized it I also enjoyed the the nerdy guy who was essentially brought in as like uh, outward facing comic relief. You'd get laughs from everyone, but he was like specifically uh, put there for that purpose. It was also sort of the beating heart of the movie uh, from the from the bros side. He was the only one who was really speaking any any sense throughout. Uh, but he said, "Can I say just about yeah. him? I'm so disappointed he didn't get a song. I was waiting for it the whole movie." Well, that, this is why this is why Alexa's song stood out because all of the other uh, leads sort of got their chance to shine, um, like uh, even even the Van Milder. He was given like he obviously got hired for being maybe the first. Uh, he must have gotten knocked down in the second round of the competition. He he did some like uh, very low key raps. It's actually he how did. the guys. I forgot about that. Yeah, he did. They That's wove the guys... it into the film in a really weird way, where they would just yeah. enter into a scene and they would be combination beatboxing and rapping. And I but mean, that, it yeah. wasn't terrible, I guess, but no, it was but just like, was oh, okay, unique from the songs, and that it's the difference between diegetic and non-diegetic. Like the songs, sort of, you go into this fantasy world where uh, you're. Um, in the in the songs, it's very clear that this this exists like in Flight of the Concords, parallel to what's happening in the in the movie, but the beatbox and raps were happening within the world of the film. Like that's what first caught the eyes of the leaders. That's leaders. what that's what first drew them over to the fellas was this guy rapping about how to pick up woman to his nerdy mate. And the the whole reason I started this conversation is I want to talk about how good the nerdy mate's performance was. He was dynamite and that's why i was so disappointed he struck me as the kind of guy who would have an incredible voice no and he had a sort of a stage presence that you would sort of associate with a um like a broadway type so i was like this fucking dude has a gun in the holster and i cannot wait to see it he has nah. got a concealed carry permit and it's not going to be till later in the film with this motherfucker packs arms gets him out Shows everyone's his guns, and, and, and we're going to be blown away. He's going to blow uh, us all away, to quote Lin-Manuel Miranda. Alexa barely got over the line for her solo song, and I feel like he would have been really pushing it. Nothing about his physique suggested that he had the set of lungs necessary to carry a song in this movie. Uh, it's also, not about physique, it's about the face. You, can, you, you see nah. a person communicating out there in the world, and you think to yourself, they've got a song in their heart, and I can't wait to hear it. And that's how I felt about Nerdy Man. Did you know, we really I thought, should know the name of. I didn't think he'd get his own song, but I thought he'd get more comical sides than other people's songs. He got, uh, towards the end of the film, when they do like a big everyone together, happy, clappy song and dance number, he sort of mm. did get to push Van Wilder out of the way and grab about three sentences of a, not quite singing, but sort of rhyming solo. 
which uh, I think he was he was hired purely for his acting chops. Guy, um, can I yeah. throw one question at you? Because this film um, was very easy for me to grapple with, except for one aspect. I and that I think was just because I wasn't paying close attention to the names of all the characters. The situation at the end, where Nerdy Man is at the bar with that guy who's punched him out at his hotel room um, because he thinks mistakenly that he's been cheating on his girlfriend. That Nerdy Man's been been having it off with his girlfriend. Who's yeah. Who's actually been with that guy's girlfriend? Van that, Milder. Van, oh, okay. There's very little consequence for that, eh? Well, no. If anything, uh, it gives us a chance to empathise further with Nerdy Man. Uh, yeah. As, as he explains to yet another meathead. Like, I don't know why this guy hangs out with uh, the burly lads he does. He's clearly got a big heart on him and a lot of wisdom to share. But he persuades, uh, you know... Even actually, you know, we see change in Van Milder by the end when he winds up with that cop who keeps giving him tickets for putting on events without permits. Exactly. Uh, he looks and like Justin's, he's about to settle into the real deal. Justin's clearly an angel underneath it all as well. These are party boys with hearts of gold, I tell you. You've just got to give them a chance. One of the big differences between this and where are your friends is our characters aren't afraid to learn and grow during this film. Whereas in where are your friends, they even kill a friend and uh, don't really adjust any of their behaviours. <laughs> I'm going to go out in a limb and say, from Justin till Kelly is the best crossover version of Sex in the City and We Are Your Friends. You've got the ladies. You've got the fellas. They've all got their own separate lives and stories. We throw them together. They tussle uh, and get up to mischief in Fort Lauderdale over spring break. And it's just a romp. From start to finish. Did this movie make any money, Guy? Do you know the financials no, on this, uh, it, it, this here it enterprise? Lo- it, it lost not a significant amount of money. Uh, oh, I mean, first of all, no, Tim. Th- there's no plan in which this movie made money. A budget of $12 million, and I imagine a lot of that went on choreography. Uh, a return of $4.9 million. Oh, <laughs> it's... I mean, look... Ladies and gentlemen, making movies, we've all seen it done from a distance. It looks fucking hard. But you know what's also hard? Losing money once you've made one. That I mean, is we're, devastating. We're, we're up against some pretty scathing uh, feedback here. So, you want to share any? Well, the film has a 10% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes based on 63 reviews. The consensus states a notorious stinker which is, uh, aside from being a lovely turn of phrase, something I vehemently disagree with, from Justin to Kelly features banal songs, a witless plot, and non-existent chemistry between its American Idol-sanctioned leads. Uh, Kelly Clarkson, since the release of the film, has stated before it went into production, she pleaded with the creative American Idol to be relieved from the contractual obligation to star in a film. She's always disliked from Justin to Kelly. You wonder when the, the last time she saw it is because um, it's good. <laughs> it's good. Everyone's wrong. Throw your heart out, Roger Ebert. This movie rules. It's just, it's not your cerebral, you know, let's create some new camera techniques, bloody society in a nutshell inside of a three hour theatrical wrapper. It's just, a, it's a bit of fun. We need a bit of fun. Eddie, so the actor who played Eddie is called Brian Dietzen. 
And you'll well, be who's Eddie? Who, who even is he's, Eddie, though, guy? Eddie is nerdy guy. Oh, okay. He's going good guns. He's a series What's he regular. Doing? What's he up to, man? Uh, he's a series regular on NCIS. Yes. Uh, I tell you what, though. I also went on to Justin's wiki page. Mm-hmm. And uh, while time hasn't been unkind to him, uh, it'd be fair to say he writes his own Wikipedia page. <laughs> Can you uh, throw some morsels at us? You want some evidence? Well, it's the one that really sort of set my eyes on fire was the subset of uh, his career titled 2010 to Present, Acting, Hosting and Performing. Uh, it starts with Guarini became a part of the Broadway community with his 2010 Broadway debut as Carlos in a musical adaptation of Pedro Almodovar's film Woman on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown. Critics called his debut surprisingly charming, captivating and extremely likable. Uh, right. It goes on and then once you get down sort of towards the, the tail end of it, we've got the stuff that really betrays how invested he is in maintaining this beautifully kept Zen garden of his in 2016, Guarini attended the Tony Awards and co-hosted backstage coverage of the live broadcast in conjunction with BroadwayHD.com. He's also acted in independent film projects, such as the drama and action film Fast Girl. None of these have hyperlinks, by the way. The drama oh. and action film Fast Girl, The Unknown, Frankie the Squirrel, Mafioso 2, The Sun, and short film Tilt a Whirl. Since 2015, Guarini has been starring as Little Sweet in Diet Dr. Pepper television commercials and web marketing. In 2016, Dr. Pepper promoted tunes for a Little Sweet album with video clips, promotional pictures of the character, and the character's own Twitter page. All what commercials is Little and, Sweet? All is commercials and clips are available on Dr. Pepper's YouTube channel. You know he's writing his own page when he's literally using a paragraph to push to Diet Dr. Pepper's ads on YouTube just so you can see him doing his thing these days. Guy, I'm going to throw an idea at you. I think we should start a podcast with Justin. Well, Lord knows if we can reach him. He's currently based in... Ah, fuck, it's not up to date enough. You are genuinely perturbed by the fact that you can't just immediately reach out to Justin. So if he wants to uh, jump on a pod. Well, no, it says here an EP of original music will be released by Guarini approximately July 30th, 2016. Well, um, let's get him when he's on that junket, man. Let's, let's well, tie him in. Yeah, it is two years uh, since that statement was of interest. Oh. And there is not hide nor hair to be seen of this uh, EP. Also, the hyperlink, I mean, if you want to know what else suggests that he writes his own Wikipedia page, the hyperlink for that one goes straight to his previous uh, Pledge, Me, Pledge Me music page for the oh, album. This, this feels mean now. This fe- You know what? Life's unpredictable. It's hard. One minute you are a star child and America loves you. And the next, you are, if I've understood correctly, voicing a some sort of computer-generated mascot for Dr. Pepper in a series of commercials. That's life. You just got to keep on swimming. Yeah, you're right. You know who taught me that? Alan DeGeneres. She's wise. He, he wrote a lot of these songs in Sweden. I'm way too deep into the, the Justin Rabbit Hole. <laughs> uh, Let's talk about he, Alexa like, for a moment. Okay, I just want to quickly say while we are on Justin, uh, I mean, God knows how many votes he lost to Kelly Clark by to, to lost 
to Kelly Clarkson. I understand what you're trying to say. You sound stoned at the moment, by the way. I can't quite put those words in the right order. I'd love to know how many votes he lost to Kelly Clarkson by uh, because he is so visibly and audibly the weaker of the two performers. He's got a good look. Uh, I would describe his look as fuckable. (laughs) <laughs> he's like Samson maybe all the powers combined uh, you know captured in his hair and as he ages and his hair thins out so too does his power wane who do you say is like that Samson from the bible I think he slayed a lion I was thinking of our friend and walkout boy Nick Samson he also has all his power contained in his hair so um, let's keep that propecia rolling in Nick Samson we gotta protect your main asset Hard the F out. Moving on to Alexa, um, who, much maligned, and rightly so, she in this film is our sole antagonist, really. Everyone else is kind of goofing off and bringing a little bit of friction, um, but nothing too serious to to bear. Alexa is uh, positively a villain. She is a childhood friend of Callie's character, and there's there's another woman as well who's a friend of the tree, makes up the trio, and Alexa is, um, uh, by her own admission, the queen of conniving. She sets up a whole bunch of situations where she's lying both to Callie and to Justin, thwarting their numerous efforts to try and get their shit together in romantic fashion, and ends up uh, convincing the other one that, you know, in turn, um, Callie's been cheating on her Texas hometown boyfriend. She invites. Luke, the aforementioned Luke, who's barely in this film, uh, to come to Fort Lauderdale uh, so that he could sort of be seen as Callie's boyfriend, even though Callie's got no romantic interest in him, which leads to a tremendous, really interestingly edited scene of uh, the two men facing off Luke versus Justin in a hovercraft battle. I mean, when's the last time you saw that on the silver screen? Never. It's never happened before. Nor... At the actual beach, I feel like those toys were a fad passing through at the same time as production were, uh, because that that scene was just absolute madness to me. It was, <laughs> it, really was. it was bookended by two fantastic lines from Van Milder, uh, yeah. the first of which was, after Luke arrives and him and Justin sort of get into it fighting over Kelly, um, Van Milder says, there's got to be a fair but profitable way to settle this. <laughs> that is a funny line he then also I mean the reason this guy's struggling for money is he's he can't keep his own books he lays odds on both of them and then starts the race before taking any bets it's I noticed that as well but they did make up with that by um, viewing him taking money off punters once proceedings were underway so uh, he, he I mean, wanted to he wanted to get the fire lit get everyone excited and then really quickly just as the the, the opening round grab money off everyone uh, the odds yeah. for anyone interested by memory was 10 to 1 on Luke winning and 2 to 1 uh, for Justin with Van Milder of course taking a 20% cut for operating that's right and uh, Justin won I mean he, he won by default essentially Luke couldn't hack it he's not built for the ocean he's built for the land uh, but well also they had a mighty after- crash no one won the ocean won it was Poseidon's no no victory. no Justin won he could have kept going if someone retires well, her, you- they lose 
Yeah, I guess you're right, actually. I was going to say in a boxing match, but in a boxing match, this is literally how you win. You knock your <laughs> yeah. opponent out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could have chosen any number of sports as a metaphor, <laughs> but you literally reached for the one on which the packaging said, not this. Uh, but he bookends that competition when the police, the sort of police officer who's been, he's been uh, getting fined and sort of uh, vibes from throughout the film. Mm, she's uh, beautiful. Says, so I bet uh, gambling on hovercrafts, not too legal. Or words to that effect, <laughs> which got a rise out of me. Find me the state statute that refers to betting on hovercrafts on a beach during spring break. I would love to know the original situation that gave rise to litigation and subsequent legislation uh, preventing people from being able to put money on those fantastic vehicles. They Why been, aren't there more hovercrafts at the beach in 2018? We've been trotting out the same line that bureaucrats always hide behind, which is if I let you gamble on hovercrafts at the beach, then I'm going to have to let everyone start gambling on hovercrafts at the beach. <laughs> and, and we suddenly can't possibly, we don't have the resources to regulate that. People are marrying their dogs. It's a, it's what we call the slippery slope. It's the thin edge of the wedge, people. The thin thin end of the wedge. The thin oh, edge yeah, of the wedge yeah. works brilliantly. <laughs> <laughs> I almost like it better. We've diverted from talking about Alexa, which was my intention. Alexa, um, she, whoever played her, I thought did a fantastic job. Well, I can tell you who played her because, I mean, we should all know the fantastic Catherine Bayliss. Uh, you might recognize like her name. as Erica Marsh from the hit show One Tree Hill or Life and Death Brigade member Stephanie from the Gilmore Girls. Uh, truly one for the ages. She was also, How many seasons of Gilmore Girls was she in? Is that she had an uncredited role in Jackass number two. Okay. She was in one episode of the Gilmore Girls and six episodes no. of One Tree Hill. Oh, no. This is beginning to look like another self-curated Wikipedia page. Fuck. Oh, what has this movie done to so many brilliant, promising careers? Oh, fuck. Who knows, man? From Justin to Callie to Career Suicide. That was the subtitle of this movie. Let's see what's become of Brandon, a.k.a. Van Milder. Do you know who he reminded me of while you're searching? And the, it, it was from the second I saw him, I was like, I wonder if it's the dude, but it isn't. In the film The Room, which have you actually seen, Guy? Have I ever watched The Room with you? Not with me, but I have seen it. Tommy Wiseau's The Room. There's a guy in there who plays this real crazy cartoon character. He looks, and he's sort of acting like, um, uh, what's the dude from Scooby-Doo? Shaggy. Shaggy. He sort of like strikes me as a real shaggy type and he's got a, a girl and he's very like, um, he's he's like a little teen fuck boy. And I think he's actually, he gets caught having sex in, a, in someone's house at one point. I haven't seen The Room in a little while, but I have seen that movie many, 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 many times. And Van Milder gave me such a strong vibe of that dude. It's the guy who, when you watch The Room, you're like, this guy is in the wrong movie. This, is, this guy is in, like, a comic book caper. I can't, I can't get a, a high-definition enough rendering of him, of him in my head. No, that's fine. Have you found our boy, though, in the, in the flick? Yeah, he, he... It's hard to tell. He's probably done his own wiki page, too, but he is mostly recognized now as a visual artist. 
his Wikipedia page is mostly comprised of the various solo and group shows he's been a part of, uh, mostly out of LA. So hmm. this guy cr- creates a lot of work. Um, obviously, this was a cash grab. And full credit to the man. He went in and he did it. And he did it right. I Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I don't know what else to, to tell you, Tim. I'm a... Color me impressed. I'm a big fan and would happily and will re- recommend this movie to to any number of people. Yeah, uh, just, I mean, know just, what know what you're getting, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Know but what you're think, ordering I, here. It's a TV dinner. I think we've painted a pretty clear picture of that. Just quickly, while we are talking about the experience of watching uh, the the room, uh, I remembered. While I've been speaking to you, my delightful housemate Ken has brought me in a lovely cold beer. And I remember last year, uh, Ken and I went to watch the movie The Disaster Artist together, which you'll you'll mm. remember was the uh, James Franco's sort of uh, biographical rendering of the process of making the movie. And we went in and we watched it and we walked out and then Ken turned to me and he said, uh, that's a pretty weird movie. And mm-hmm. I said... What? And he goes, yeah, I just felt like the story never really went anywhere. And I was like, oh, no, but that's <laughs> that's the story. And then he said, what? And Ken had just watched <laughs> just a movie without any comprehension or knowledge. That's amazing. Of the room existing. So I mean, wow. I don't know how I don't know how we hadn't spoken about it prior to watching the movie, but I mean, <laughs> it did genuinely look like quite a baffling cinema going experience. My lovely lady wife Zoe hadn't seen the room, and she was concerned about not sort of enjoying the movie on enough uh, of a deep level without that context. But just going in without anything—I mean, what a—that's bold. I love it. But what other option do you have when you're ignorant to the fact that there is context? Yeah, yeah. Did he I enjoy know. it? It sounds like he didn't really like it. Well, I think it's competently put together, and like you know, the energy of the cinema guides how you react to it Ken can you hear me nah he can't hear me he must be in his Guy, room um, this is going to involve a little bit of self promotion I Greg Sestero who um, is is in the room Tommy Wiseau's uh, best friend in uh, the room put him on the microphone oh, Greg I don't think he's here anymore he was here very recently uh, in I was fact one day ago oh I see do you want me to, very good do you want me to explain the joke uh, yeah, yeah, yep, there's time. So you said uh, Greg Sestero, who's in the room. Oh, shit, I actually didn't get that. I thought, I, yeah, I thought that was in reference to him being in New Zealand. Very good. I didn't know he was in New Zealand. He was in New Zealand recently to open uh, his new film, which I think is called Best Friends, which he did with Tommy Wiseau. And they did yeah. a screening of that and a screening of The Room at a fantastic cinema called uh, The Hollywood Avondale. If you're ever in Auckland, you should check it out. It's been revamped in the last sort of year and a half, and it's just a, a stunning venue, both for music and movies. Um, but I was dead keen to go to that and, uh, and and see it. I saw Hereditary there, and a trailer came on um, before the movie, and Greg Sestero had filmed a little introduction on his iPhone saying, G'day, Auckland, I'm, I'm coming over. Um, this is a movie that I wrote when I was stoned, and uh, me and Tommy Wiseau are in it, and it's called Best Friends, and you should see it. And, and it felt like he was saying, um, like, completely off the cuff. This was just occurring to him. He's like, and hey, we'll chuck a little screening of the room in as well. And to, to watch... 
the room with Greg Sestero in the room would be, God, a delight. Unfortunately, I couldn't attend because I was um, launching a, a web series that I've been uh, working a little hard out on for the last few months, which um, everyone should look up and watch, please. It's called The Male Gaze, G-A-Y-Z, which is an adaptation of a podcast that I produced for a couple of mates of mine. But that's neither here nor there. The point is, Greg was here, man, and I missed him, and I'm gutted about that. But that's the price of hard work. That was a long road to walk. But please check out the male gaze. Of course, you already listened to them as they are part of the Little Empire family. My congratulations to you, Tim, to Leon, to Eli, Chris, and everyone involved in that fantastic production. Thanks, buddy. You'll be able to watch it soon as well because I had a very long uh, battle beating TVNZ into having the ability to not uh, region block it so it'll be available for the whole world to watch. Anyway, well, I'm not here to talk go. about the gays. We're here to um, put a button on this thing. And uh, yeah, I think Guy's already played his hand. I'm going to say watch the fuck out of this thing. Watch it twice. Invite some friends around, make some popcorn in a microwave, and just fucking tuck in. We're in complex times, people. And every now and then, you got to put your feet up. Get a hot water bottle. You know, wrap up. It's winter now, so I'm kind of grabbing comfort things that are appropriate for my particular season, which isn't going to be applicable for the Northern Hemisphere. But whatever season it is, it is always the season for From Justin to Kelly. I'm Tim Bat. Two thumbs up. That's a great review, Tim. Before we go, I just do have a few random bits of miscellaneous to run through with you here. Great. Uh, other, other laugh lines for Montgomery. Um, nerdy guy saying, my skin's not milky. It's alabaster, thank you. <laughs> And then becoming self-conscious, going to the beach and falling asleep uh, with his when he's oiled up and just getting roasted. I laughed the whole when he was walking in sunburnt and oblivious <laughs> to being sunburnt. I laughed along the whole way as a man who has been sunburnt. I thought it was very funny and relatable content. Uh, that was very funny because if I can extrapolate briefly, he so the shot is the camera is behind him, so we just see his back, which is pretty normal. He's walking in front, so we get everyone's reaction seeing his burnt torso, and he thinks that they're admiring how great his tan is. So we have the hubris of a confident but ignorant man strutting upon the beach who is mistaking people's horrified looks for adoration for his uh, beautiful bronzed body. <laughs> And it's, so just, it's a combination of high and low status that I find quintessential comedy. He he has a very funny balance of high and low status because he he does he does think quite highly of his physique. Like as is established at multiple points throughout the movie, he describes himself as an Adonis at one point and like literally lifts up his shirt to showcase his abs, <laughs> which he which he doesn't have. Uh, I'd also quite like to say that they you they borrowed or created the opening refrain from Last Ketchup's smash song, the Ketchup song. Do you remember this song? I said, "Hey, hey, 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 That's what it was. I was trying yeah, to man. think of what that was for so long. The first, yes. ti- the, f- the first time Alexa texts uh, Justin pretending to be Kelly. Uh, that that refrain comes in and it doesn't go into the song and I think the timeline I feel like Last Ketchup was first year of high school which would be 02 which would mean that mm. maybe that was here first and they used just the amount that you're allowed to use without having to pay copyright uh, also hey, just that last number that they did that's the way oh fuck what was it yeah uh-huh, that uh-huh. boy was that a shockingly terrible arrangement of that song yeah they took everything that was good about that song and took it out of the song yes uh 
I'd also like to say I really fucking did not like that they redeemed Alexa. I had thought she'd been such a well-drawn villain. Uh, mm. Justin and Kelly do reunite at the end of the film, and they could have done Spoiler. it independent of her. She should have uh, fucked right back off to Texas and left the rest of the enjoyable cast members to celebrate uh, their positivity. They didn't need to redeem her as the one misstep this movie made. Otherwise, uh, 9 out of 10. Can I pitch an ending? She gets killed by a hovercraft out of control. Uh pretty heavy stuff i'm in <laughs> actually you know no you know what that's 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 too much that's too much it wouldn't suit it wouldn't be right uh, yeah but, I, I feel like you're maybe overstretching there <laughs> i've overshot but you i am so on the same page with you and it has been such a delight to watch a movie that we both enjoyed i did not anticipate um getting reflected back that you too uh had a fun time watching this movie because every single online review of this thing chalks it up to be a complete dud but you know what clear eyes open heart whatever that saying is you go and let it let it fill you up let from justin to kelly fill you up folks it's a movie stupid uh yeah i'm i'm right there with you it's been a pleasure guy thanks for watching this movie with me no worries miles apart uh, also, to those of you listening, come check out Alice Ned and my Split Bill stand-up comedy show in New York at Union Hall, July 20th. It's a Friday. Tickets are $5. Thank you. And make sure you get voting at patreon.com slash T-W-I-O-A-T. That stands for the worst idea of all time. So that you can help determine the fate of what these brave boys will be watching next. Maybe it'll be another great movie. Who's to say? You are. Goodbye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.